welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. This is Richard Hazel. Today I wanted to share some tips and tricks for assessing low back pain things that I learned by reading uh, the Travell and Simon's Trigger Point books. If you aren't familiar, I highly recommend you look into those books. Um, they'll give you a lot of help on assessing um, pain, pain referral patterns. Um, can be really helpful. For low back pain, um, I really learned um, really how I currently assess low back pain from the Travell and Simon's book, I would basically read a chapter for each of the muscles. And um, they don't, the patient doesn't have to have trigger points in the muscle to have the referred pain pattern. Um, they may have um, latent trigger points that aren't necessarily causing the pain, but they'll still have the same pain referral. So those pain referral patterns can be very helpful in diagnosing someone. And why would you want to use pain referral patterns instead of, say, an orthopedic assessment with manual muscle testing and length testing? When someone's in acute back pain, they very often are not keen on a lot of um, manipulation and asking them to press against your hand while you give uh, resistance for, you know, three seconds or so. Um, people come in and in such, you know, bad shape that they're really just barely able to speak without, you know, um, trying to catch their breath from the pain. So you may also have situations like I have where someone from your family is in pain and they give you a call and you're trying to help them out. And um, this is the kind of information that can be really helpful for um, giving them a sense of what they can do when they're in low, when they're having a lot of acute uh, low back pain. The uh, first one that I want to talk about is the often forgotten gluteus medius as a source of uh, low back pain. And people often forget that the gluteus medius can give a lot of people low back pain. Um, if you were to put your hand on your hip and your thumb lands around the belt line, you follow that up to the top of your pelvis, you may be somewhat surprised at how far up your pelvis goes and you'll recognize that that is the exact area where you get low back pain, especially when bending forward. Um, sore, achy, low back. If you have 
low back pain only in the morning when you're stiff. It's very likely your gluteus medius. Um, so I recommend for that, for someone who does not have acupuncture available, I, fo I recommend foam rolling the glutes. Um, use a lacrosse ball to get into the, the trigger points there if you find those sore spots that cause your back pain. Um, massage guns are awesome. If you have a massage gun or your family member that you're talking to has one, they're great. Um, heat pad can be very helpful. Um, just remind them to not sleep on it. Really about 20, 20 minutes at a time is, is safe, but too much is going to cause more inflammation. So don't sleep on heating pads. Um, so the low, so the low back pain for gluteus medius is really an achy low back around the belt line that hurts to bend forward. Sometimes you'll have sharp pain into the L5 or sacrum area as well. But generally, it's a it's a pain on bending forward that you may be familiar with. Um, one other thing you'll see is that when people need to bend forward, they'll maybe they're going to wash their face. They'll put a hand on the sink to brace themselves before they bend forward. That's very typical for the gluteus medius. The next one, um, the quadratus lumborum, the QL. And go, it attaches to the twelfth rib and the and the top of the pelvis. It is an accessory breathing muscle. So um, when someone's in pain from a quadratus lumborum strain, it may hurt to cough or sneeze. Doesn't have to, but it can. Um, Doctor Travell says this muscle gets injured usually when bending forward while in rotation. So maybe reaching while sitting, you might be reaching over to the side and bending forward and your back will seize up. I've experienced that many times um, myself and usually it for me is a combination of the QL and the glutes. Um, quadratus lumborum is a stabilizer. It's a core stabilizer. So people will get a lot of back pain when just standing. Or if they have to carry something in one arm, that can really strain the QL. And if it's in, if it's already in pain, that'll be worse. Um, they may have pain going upstairs because people use a lot of QL to hike their hip on the stairs. So that's another key that you've got a, a QL issue. Um, they may also have a functional leg length discrepancy because a tight QL hikes the hip a little bit. So um, things to look out for. But that's a, QL is really common and very painful. It can be sharp shooting pain. Um, some people um, really can't even get out of bed. It's that painful. Um, it's not always that painful, but it can be for some. And um, hard to turn over in bed. The QL helps us kind of hike ourselves up while we're flipping over. And um, when it's in pain, you, it's very difficult to turn over in bed without a lot of shooting pain. So that would be the quadratus lumborum. Um, spinal erectors, they do cause low back pain, but not as often as people might think. Um, and typically, you're going to have 
pain in the spinal erectors when you're coming up after bending forward. So let's say you were standing and you pick something up off the floor on your way back up. That might be where you would feel pain if you have something going on with the spinal erectors. And in my experience, it's the longissimus um, that is the most um, common to get injured and have pain. You can palpate those when your patient is already face down on the table. But if you're trying to help somebody remotely, then you'll, you'll want them to massage those low part of the of the spinal erectors if that's if that's their symptom pain on pain when you're coming back up um, after bending forward um so as so as is the often um i don't want to say overlooked but yeah i feel like i feel like because it is in a difficult location to treat that sometimes it just doesn't get um, the attention it, it should have. And I also have been surprised at how many people don't recognize the symptoms of a tight psoas. So let's talk about the symptoms first. Um, as you know, the psoas attaches to the front of the lumbar spine, the L1 through L5, and then it goes down through the pelvis where the iliacus meets it, and then it will go down and attach on the inside of the femur at the lesser trochanter of the femur, right below the inguinal ligament. And that's where I will use a needle below that inguinal ligament. And I recommend you don't just, just attempt to do that. You need to be taught how to do it because there are some things there you don't want to hit, um, an artery and a vein and that nerve bundle. So. Um, I recommend you learn how to do that properly and safely, but that's where it can be safely released. Um, when the psoas is short on someone, they tend to be side sleepers. They tend to, if they want to sleep on their back, they'll, they'll need a pillow under their knees because the psoas is so short that when they lie flat without that support under their knees, they feel a cramp in their low back because the psoas is pulling their, their spine forward and increasing the lordosis of the low back. So um, these same people will have low, low back tension or pain. If they're in back pain from the psoas, then they're going to have a lot of sharp pain when they stand up after sitting because they're, they're keeping their psoas short to stay out of pain. And when they stand up, they can't help but straighten the psoas and, and, and it pulls on that low back around the L5 area and it's sharp pain in the low back and it's very, very uncomfortable. Um, the same person can't lift their knee up to put a sock or shoe on without sharp pain in their back. They'll have to sit down or find a way to put their sock on with their knee supported on the on the bed or something. Um, I've had personal experience with that one as well. But the psoas um, is is very responsive um, to electric stim at the motor point. 
that I mentioned, it will relax. And then I usually show the patient some good gentle stretches for the psoas that I want them to do until the next time I see them. Try to get the psoas to a much better length. Um, so even if we release it, it may be chronically short. It may be short for decades. So we need them to get to work on stretching that out. If you have somebody who can't get acupuncture, you're talking to them over the phone, um, they can start doing a stretch that I, that I really like where you just stand, you stand straight up and you put your hands on your hips and alone, that, that alone for someone with a psoas issue is already stretching the psoas and they're already feeling it cramping their low back. So you just have them look up at the ceiling. That little bit of looking up and neck extension will actually extend a bit in the low back and you have them breathe like, like you could say yoga breathing. You want to breathe into your diaphragm, let your abdomen expand, let your low ribs expand because the psoas and the diaphragm are connected in the, at the spine. When they do cadaver dissection, they can't separate the psoas from the diaphragm at the, where it connects at the spine. It's all just a big mass of muscle right there. So breathing can help the psoas to relax. And if you're having psoas low back pain, and you're looking up at the ceiling, as you breathe in a minute or so, you may feel your psoas release, and it's like it unhooks, and you can suddenly lean back without pain. So that's a good practice for someone who's having acute low back pain from, from a tight psoas. Um, there are more advanced psoas stretches that you can easily find with a Google search on YouTube. So I'm not going to spend time talking about that, but the psoas, um, low back pain is really, um, one that we all should recognize. If you have a patient who cannot lie flat on their back on your treatment table without the bolster under their knees, because it causes low back pain, they have a psoas issue. That psoas is super tight. So even if they're not there for back pain, I want to correct that because it's going to lead to other issues with the hip, possibly the knee, definitely with the back. So, and it may be affecting their breathing and their breathing may actually be the cause of their tight psoas. It's another podcast to have to talk about it, but, um, but I, I don't leave a short psoas untreated. It's helpful for posture and it's going to help avoid um, several issues that you'll see from tight psoas, like um, hip impingement. So the psoas is the next one that I would want to talk about. And then the last one is the multifidus muscles. Those are those little muscles that help stabilize the spine. And they have a, they, they have a uh, feed forward mechanism, just like the abdominals, where they will engage a millisecond before your activity to stabilize the spine and keep you from injuring yourself. Um, but when they get locked up because of something you've been doing, um, they, it can give a lot of sharp pain, 
right at the disk area. Um, that's one where it's, it can be kind of tricky without a needle. But you can use heat and you can use some of the um, McGill um, back exercises, the cat camel sort of thing, to mobilize and stretch out those multifidus muscles. Um, but I would want to heat it first and then try to mobilize it because when they're really tight, they're very painful. So, and that's when you just have to gently stretch and not force and try to relax and breathe. Um, but those multifidus muscles, sometimes that's the last thing that you need to treat. The person feels better except for this one spot, right? Right along the spine. And that's where you, that's when you want to do some compression with your thumbs to find the right segment, the one that's, that's uh, still in pain. And then you can release that with some electric stim acupuncture. Doesn't take very long. Um, so those are my tips and tricks for assessing low back pain without doing any manual muscle testing. Um, it's highly reliable. I highly recommend you look at those pain referral patterns from Travell and Simons. Um, I long time ago I did a little ebook. Or basically, I did it with my family in mind because they were all out of state. And I wanted to send them something that they could look at when I was trying to explain to them what I wanted them to do for, for their back pain. Um, but it's a little ebook. I have it on the Podia site, richardhazel.podia.com. It's like $2. Um, if you're interested or you, or you know someone who could benefit from some images, of the pain referral and the self-treatment. Um, there are those images there. Um, I guess that's it for this week. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to your feedback. If you have any um, interest in contacting me, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Rich Hazel or you can email me at rich at richhazel.com. Um, and you can find some online courses that I've done at uh, podia.com. It's Richard, richardhazel.podia.com, P-O-D-I-A.com. And that's it for this week. I hope I gave you something to think about, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks.